A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Travis Darno. Travis Darno. Travis Darno, the catcher for the Rays, hit not one, not two, but three home runs, including a three-run bomb with two outs and a 3-2 count in the ninth inning off of Roldis Chapman to give the Rays an improbable 5-4 win over the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Oliver Drake locks up Luke Voigt on a 3-2 fastball with Aaron Judge running from first as the game ends. Only the second career save for Oliver Drake. And my, oh my, wake the kids, call the neighbors. What a game. We're going to talk about this historic performance by Darno and the Rays on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, do you want to be a millionaire? Well, for 30 years, Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the entire Tampa Bay area, making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products and service. Now, Millionaire is currently offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 to take advantage of this great offer on a brand new quality train air conditioning unit or to schedule service or maintenance. Call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort, millionaire. All right, Steve, we have just witnessed, uh, which is one of the more memorable games, and I think, in Ray's history. Who knows what it will mean because we're, we're still here in mid-July um, but you and I were, were kind of uh, getting ready to start this podcast and thinking for all the world that the Rays were going to go down and it was going to be, you know, Edward Encarnacion with his two home runs uh, that wins it for the Rays and, you know, some questionable pitch selection maybe. And, of course, the Rays' uh, lack of a, of a guy that can get, you know, the, the big outs late in the game, that was going to be the big story. But no, no, no. Travis Darno had other ideas, and, and I'll be honest, man. This was this was a thrilling game. If you stayed up to watch it, if you didn't, you're gonna have to see the highlights on this one. Um, but to think that the race could come back, and and you know, Darno, I mean, let off the game with a home run, you know, to right field, and it's a short porch out there, and the ball ball carries very well. But that's the Yankees take advantage of that all the time. Then his next at bat, uh, an inning or two later, he he let off the inning again with a home run. So you're thinking. Wow, career night for Travis Darno. Former Met comes back to New York. What a great story! Rays have a two to nothing lead. Blake Snell struggling a little bit on the mound with his control, but manages to get through five innings. Gives up just uh, just one run on a home run um, to Encarnacion, and you know they got a two to one lead. But we know with the Rays and their bullpen situation, trying to nail that down is is virtually impossible, right? And it looked for all the world like the Yankees were going to do what they do, and that is they get the big two-run bomb from Encarnacion. They, they go up 4-2. to two. And this one, Steve, we we watched the game together. I mean, this thing was over. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting there and, you know, first of all, why do you take Diego Castillo out, who's pitched well in Baltimore, got you five yeah. outs tonight, and then you bring Pagan in, and he gives into him and gives him the fastball, allows him a fastball up but over the plate, allows him to extend his arms, and it was a no-doubter. Yeah. And and you and I were both talking. Don't give in to him. Don't give in to him. Don't give him the fastball. Yeah, 
a runner on first base and, you know, you've got a couple outs there and, and uh, you know, you just, you, you know, he had thrown some good sliders, but you don't want to give in. If you walk him, you walk him, um, you know, but he's a home run hitter. He's not really hit very well. He's hit some home runs for the Yankees since he's come over. Hit one earlier Seattle, in the game. But he had hit one already. He'd already beaten you with a home run. So you just you just don't want to give him the fastball in that situation because that's what you sit on three and two. Not only that, but he elevated it and got it away from his body, so he, he didn't even lock him up with it, and he's able to extend his arms. And I mean, he hit this thing nine miles. I mean, it was a no doubter. And you, and you know that's what the Yankees have done to the Rays, not just this year, but for what fifteen straight series or something like that. Fourteen out of the last fifteen series in the Bronx, I think, um, that they have won or just overall. And and so, um, you know. That's that's the way it was supposed to end. That's the way it always seems to end, especially in New York. And yet, you know, you got to give credit to, uh, to to the Rays' resiliency for first of all starting the ninth inning by getting two guys on. When I mean, we were sitting here thinking, man, there's no way Kevin Kiermaier, at the way he had looked earlier in the game against the left-hander, was going to do anything uh, with the Roldis Chapman who came in to pitch the ninth. And um, you know, he had a couple swings. I mean, I was joking. I mean, he was bailing out towards first base. Like like you know like a Japanese home run hitter, um, Sarahara O oh, or O oh, no in this case, and then but he, with two strikes, um, you made the point. He stayed on the ball. He he kind of took a two strike swing, singles down you know the left field line, so he gets on base and and you know and starts the inning anyway, um, and you know they they follow that up with with another base hit. Um, and they got runners on first and second. So you know at that point, okay, if somebody could pop one here, but. You know, and Chapman has not been good this year, but still his stuff, he was throwing 101 miles an hour. He had a devastating breaking ball. You know, Joey Wendell was no match for him in that situation. I thought maybe they should bunt him down, get those two runners in scoring position, but they didn't do that. Um, you know, and it, it, you know, and then you had uh, another strikeout after that, and then Darno comes up. And what are the odds that this guy, you know, has already hit two home runs? I mean, if he's going to do any damage at all, maybe he gets a base hit, maybe he hits a double someplace. Uh, but the at-bat that he had against Chapman was epic. I mean, he battled. It was a nine-pitch at-bat. He fouled off a couple of 101-mile-an-hour fastballs. Steve, the thing that impressed me were the breaking balls he was able to spit on in that game. Yeah, he was laying off better breaking balls than the ones that Kiermaier had swung on and missed and beforehand. I mean, you know, a couple of those were bouncing before the plate and the Rays were swinging. The ones to Darno were just outside the zone and, and hitting, you know, the ground below behind the plate. Um, right. That was a tremendous at bat by Darno. Um, one of the better at bats you'll ever see. Yankee Stadium, two outs, bottom of the ninth, down two runs with two on against right. Chapman. And it, yeah, I mean, you know, Chap- Chapman is is a lockdown guy. He struggled a little bit this year, as we've said, but then you know, um, it shows a little bit of respect, I guess. I mean, in a three-two count, um, he throws him a breaking pitch, which you know d- he did not. He kind of elevated just a little bit. Uh, Darnell was able to extend his arms and, and, again, shot it right towards right field and almost sort of all three home runs were a little bit towards the same spot. This one just dunked over. I mean, it, it made it to the first row, and that was it. And you talk about a stunned Yankee Stadium crowd. I mean, th- this was the last thing they were expecting from the Rays and, and certainly from Darnell. But what a day. Three for three, three home runs, and all five runs driven in. I mean – if you did that in little league growing up or in senior league or you know i think i hit 3 in, in on the short field at northwest during winter baseball one year i mean that, that that's a career day right at any level like you know to do this in the big leagues 
um, for a guy like Darno, who is not really known, has never really been known as a as a home run hitter. Uh, it's just incredible, and and you know, with all the injuries they had to their catching early on, of course, you know they 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 brought him over. I think he was in L.A. at the time uh, that he came over, and um, and he has found a spot on this team. And and not only that, Steve, how about your catcher leading off to begin with? Yeah, and the Rays Communications put out a stat tonight. It was the the first time a catcher since 1908, at least when data is available, that a catcher's had a three home run game out of the leadoff spot, and that includes postseason as well. Because of course, I mean, catchers don't lead off very often. But right, right. I mean, the, the Rays have have a guy that you know that did it five times one year, four times, I and mean, John Jaso uh, also you know did it. I think in Pittsburgh a few times as well. Um, but he was, you know, he's a contact hitter. He was a guy that had a good eye and, and, and it is, you know, he's a pretty good athlete. He ran pretty well for a catcher, but it's highly unusual. Of course, you know, against the Yankees, the Rays are going to face a lot of left-handed pitchers. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what this series is going to be for them. Um, so they want to get as many right-handed bats in the lineup and Darno has been swinging it pretty good. Uh, No way they can anticipate something like this. I mean, how would you like to be Encarnacion who goes two for four with two home runs and three RBIs, which, which should have been the game winner in the bottom of the eighth inning and you know everybody's running up to running up to him saying uh what 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 happened there uh late in the game so um just just I mean, you know if you if you try to put this in perspective we won't know really what this game will mean because if they lose the next three games in this series it's you know it's just an aberration right it's um you know the race had an opportunity with the dramatic win and then they they couldn't do anything and lost three out of four on the other hand could something like this propel you? Because Yankee Stadium has been their house of horrors. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yankees have owned them, you know, pretty much everywhere this year. I think what was they, the record they've, you they've, said coming in? They've they lost were, fourteen of the last fifteen series in Yankee Stadium. That's correct. That's that's what the yeah that's what they said on television. Yeah, fourteen out of fifteen series mm-hmm. in Yankee Stadium. So it's a place where you know the, the pinstripes always get them in. It like it's a late home run. It's a two to one game. A two to two game three to two game and then the Yankees invariably will pop one and with that bullpen they have I mean we're sitting here watching this game Steve and I was and I was talking to you as they were you know looking like they were heading to another four to two loss uh, again with the lack of somebody who can get the laid outs that they need in this game and you know it was like it's almost unfair I mean you look at the Yankees and, and I know that the Rays were trying to make the deal for Encarnacion but you know what they didn't get him he went to New York and so, you know, they, they put a guy in the lineup that already had 24, 25 home runs from Seattle, and, you know, he's able to, to pop two out against, the, against a Rays team that has nobody like him that they could add. And, you know, and, and then they're able to bring in the bullpen they have with Green and then Chapman. And, um, you know, meanwhile, the Rays don't have a closer per se. I mean, Diego Castillo, you got to take your hat off to him because he did – um, mm-hmm. Pitched sort of in the middle late of this game. So I think it's seventh inning. Um, no, he was know, the sixth inning, in the seventh. Sixth inning. and seventh yeah. inning. Yeah, and yeah got, Pagan got five outs. The seventh. Right, and, and Pagan gives up. You know the the, the bomb. Um, you know to Encarnacion. No, he gave it up to Urshela. I misspoke earlier. So, so it was Urshel? Kittredge oh, okay. that gave in to Encarnacion. Gotcha. Uh, Pagan gotcha. gave up the tying home run to Urshela after Diego That's Castillo it. had gotten the five outs. After and, he had and, left. And you know Kevin and, and Brian were pointing on the broadcast correctly that. So after Pagan gives up the tying home run and you know you're through the seventh inning, your two best bullpen close your two best pitchers in the bullpen have been used now. They're Castillo gone, yeah. and Pagan were g- gone from the game, and now you've got a tie game against the Yankees. 
Well, and I think that, you know, Cash used them in that situation because he thought that was the mm-hmm. highest leverage, you know, innings. I mean, sometimes it's not the ninth inning. It's sometimes it's, you know, when the when the, the better part of the lineup mm-hmm. comes on. Of course, with the Yankees, tell me where there's a weak spot wow. in that lineup. Yeah, I no. Mean, they don't I, really have one. I agreed with, the you know, using Castillo there. You know, yeah. I may have left Castillo in as well as he was pitching to sure. face Urshela instead of letting Pagan go in there. But Sure. But yeah, uh, Stats it, by Stats put out a, a stat tonight that uh, this was the first time in Rays franchise history that they trailed the Yankees by multiple runs in the ninth inning or later and went on to win. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was as improbable a victory as you're ever going to see at Yankee Stadium for the Rays. You know, it just was. I mean, you know, first and foremost, you know, against left-handers, they have a much, a much lesser lineup. You know, I mean, Austin Meadows isn't in the game. Um, you know, I mean, you know, they, they you know, Kiermaier struggles Kiermaier, against lefties. Yeah, he's having a good year overall, but you can see why they have they have sat him uh, against the better left-handed pitchers this year. I mean, he was no match um, early in the game, and then you know, like I said, you credit his at bat. Um, got two two strikes early, looked bad with some bad swings against Chapman, and somehow hung in there and and was able to just kind of put the bat on the ball and he shortened and up it, and, know, and gave and took yeah. the ball where where Chapman gave it to him. Right. And I mean, it was a really good at bat. And so he, he hung in there. He fought and he got that base hit. Um, they get another base hit. But, but you know, it, it just seems so improbable. And we were, we're almost joking about it. Like, you don't think, what if Darno hit another home run? <laughs> I mean, how many times is this? It's only happened a few times in race history. It ties a franchise record. Johnny Gomes did it, I guess. Uh, the last guy to do it was Evan Longoria. Yeah, I mean, Longoria's Evan, done it twice. Luke, yeah. I mean, you don't expect it from a guy like Darno again, who's not who's not a home run hitter, not even a very big guy. And let's not mistake this: like these home runs were not prodigious blasts. I mean, none of them were, you know, struck beyond I think 380 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple I think were like 370 and 360 something. But that's that's Yankee Stadium. If you get the ball up into the wind tunnel, the right center, it's going to yep. carry, uh, and it did. And then of course the last one. Um, you know, he just was able to sneak into the front row. It was interesting after the game, he talked about how his whole approach was just to be shorter with his swing um, and just, you know, try to get the bat to the ball. And a lot of times guys get into habits, especially if they hit a few long balls of, of lengthening their swing. And that's, that's really where you get in trouble and you, you start fouling pitches off and you're just too long. You know, the bat's not in the zone for very long. Um, but was, what was remarkable was is that he was seeing the ball so well. And that's really what hitting is. I mean, the mechanics of it, you can sit there and, and break down. But when you're seeing pitches that well, and, it, and, and the, the easiest way to know whether a guy is in a zone or not is not what he's doing with the bat or how hard he's hitting the ball. It's how he sees pitches. If he has good takes, and I mean the, the two takes he had against Chapman just lets you know that he was not chasing. Because, you know, Chapman could, with a 101-mile-an-hour fastball, he, he, he bounced a couple, you know, breaking pitches up there that, frankly, the Rays, you know, guys like Wendell had no chance at. You know, just no chance. Um, because you can't be gearing up for a 101, and then here comes the, here comes the bender. Um, but Darno, with two strikes, took two breaking balls that were out of the zone that weren't bounced. They were actually more competitive pitches. And, you know, that nine-pitch at bat was a thing of beauty. I mean, he was seeing the ball so well tonight um, that sometimes, you know, you just kind of get in that zone. But uh, the takes in that at bat were as impressive as the one swing that got the ball out of the park wasn't that what you know for years we've talked about with the Yankees and Red Sox and part of the reason they play four-hour games is 
They work sure. at bats. They have mm-hmm. hitters that know how to work at bats and get you to throw more pitches than you want to and wait for you to make a mistake. Right. And, and Darno put that is that was that's one of the best at bats of the year for the race, bar none. I mean, oh, and it was you know, even take out the situation, just a period at, at bat against a really good pitcher like that. It was a tremendous at bat. Then you add in the ninth inning, down two runs in Yankee Stadium, a place you don't win at. And that, right. that's just absolutely tremendous. And, you know, it's a good thing we waited to start this podcast, as we said at the beginning, because <laughs> once Encarnacion hit that home run, we're like, well, we should just start now. <laughs> that's right. Well, we were going to, and we, we just for giggles allowed ourselves to watch yeah. the, uh, you know, the ninth inning. But um, he's the 24th player to hit three home runs against the Yankees. Consider how many time, how many games that the New York Yankees have played. Uh, to only be the 24th player to do it, and Travis Darno now goes uh, uh, into that into that record book. You know, he's an interesting guy. I haven't spent any time around him per se. Uh, he wasn't here when the, when the season began, and we were able to talk to a lot of these guys. But he's a very low key dude. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry, but like, I would be over the moon. I think most people would be very so very excited after they just did what he pulled off. Um, but he seemed almost nonplussed about. It. He's just kind of like, well. You know, they told me to just be short to the ball, and you know, I—I I mean, there was there was no, uh, you know, euphoria that that you would think you would have after having a night like that. Um, but that's just sort of his personality. Yeah, it really is. And, and think about it. I mean, you know, the, the Rays came in the season really liking Zanino and Perez as their catchers, and both of them got hurt. So then they, you know, called up Shufo, they called up Ben Boom, both of who are now out of the organization. Uh, That's right. But they trade for Travis Darno, and he plays so well that they've got Michael Perez in AAA. Hi, hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Because mm-hmm. Darno's played so well that now their catchers are Zanino and Darno, and he's fit in really well. And of course, when you hit three home runs in a night, you fit in really, really well. Yeah, but well, I, I think that you know he's he's probably sealed his fate at least through October at this point. Um, Blake, Blake Snell, uh, you know, he's kind of gotten back on track. Uh, the last time he pitched against the Yankees, I think was a disaster. That might've been a one third inning. I'm That's not sure. Correct. Yep. Um, but he goes, he goes five innings, you know, from the start, he, he had, he had a good fastball, but his, but he had trouble locating everything. I mean, he got way up in the pitch count the first two innings. I think he threw 42 pitches, uh, to get through the first two innings and he ends up going just five innings, gives up three hits. Uh, the one home run and uh, walk two, which you know is surprising since he he went three two to a lot of hitters and struck out four. Um, but you know what I liked about what Blake did tonight? He battled, man. Mm-hmm. He didn't have his good stuff in, in terms of location, um, but he was able to battle and and you know just sort of you know sort of command um, you know the pitches when he really needed them. His last three starts, if you think that he's back, I do. He's one and zero with a two two five ERA, uh, and then his WHIP is a point nine four. So he's numerically at least. I'd like you like to see him go deeper in games. I mean, they need you know with this opener, they need guys like Snell and Charlie Morton to go deeper into games than five innings. 
But against this Yankee lineup, which is as good as any in baseball, um, you know, especially at Yankee Stadium, I thought that that this will go down as is not just a confidence builder, but an important start for him to keep his team in it. It was two to one when he left the game. Um, you can't do much more than that, you know. But through five innings, I thought he was real competitive and. Um, so I give them all the credit. And they needed some good performances out of the bullpen. They got them from Diego Castillo. But how about needing three more outs and you turn to Oliver Drake for the final out? Yeah, Andrew Kittredge came in, pitched the seventh or the eighth inning, and then they let him go in the ninth. He got two outs and then walked Aaron Judge. So then you brought Oliver Drake in to try to get the mm-hmm. final out versus Luke Voigt, who Oliver Drake's got one career save in Milwaukee in 2017. Think uh, about that. Isn't a guy that was you know wasn't on the team to begin the season on the big league roster, right. and, and he's the guy you're going to in Yankee Stadium to hold up this lead that you improbably got back in the top of the inning. And I mean, the only thing, yeah, it, it just it would have been tragic to lose this game, but but I mean, Drake is not that guy that you want in this situation, and yet he's got Aaron Judge. You know, he gets a three-two count, which is a mistake because now you got Judge running, so anything in the gap is going to score the tying run, and you could be looking at a loss here. Um, but, you know, the fact that, that he was that he was able to lock up Luke Voigt, and, I mean, it was a strike, too. He locked him up with a fastball on, on the corner. He painted it. Um, just just more drama, you know, for uh, for the Rays and, and just a heck of a way to end it. But, you know what, I mean, we're watching this game, Steve, and I'm saying, okay, so what is the Rays' philosophy here? Because we keep hearing Buster Olney and others saying that the Rays have been so active on the phone it looks like they're going to make a very big deal. They're the ones that have been, you know, um, the most serious about doing something major. And yet, I still feel like they're waiting on this Yankee series to see what they're willing to part with, right? I mean, it takes two to tango. you got to have somebody willing to give you a player and mm-hmm. get compensation back for it. So I'm sure teams are going to try to hold them hostage for some of their better prospects and all of that. And so I understand, you know, you don't want to overpay at this point. But this is really the series you could use that guy, whoever he may be, or some bullpen help or even another bat um, to help you get over the hump with the Yankees. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they win three out of four here, um, they would leave New York, what, four Four games games back back. at that point? That's correct. And if, if, God forbid, you know, uh, they were able to win the next three and they got Charlie Morton on the mound still – um, you know, then then all of a sudden it's you know it's, it's a dogfight. You're right in you're right in the middle of the AL East. Uh, so at that point, I would think that for sure they would be having to go for it and try to win the division. Well, I, I think um, I think as far as going for it, it depends. I mean, the Rays have one of the best farm systems in baseball, so you've got a lot of do. strength to deal with. You do. It depends. Are you getting a rental, or are you getting a player you're going to have control of for another year or two beyond? Because if you're doing Absolutely. that, you're not waiting for this series. Right, because you think you're set up for next year and, and years to come with your farm system and the young players you have and, and, and what you've built, that if it's a player right. you can control beyond this year, it's not right. a matter of the Rays waiting. If anything, it's the other teams trying to get more teams to bid, most likely. Or mm-hmm. possibly some of these impactful deals are teams that haven't decided to sell yet. But if they do, there's a player. I mean, you know, we talked about this last night. There's only about six or seven teams that are out of it at this point that are you right. know, definitively not going to make the playoffs, essentially. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of other teams that are on that bubble right now in the next two weeks are going to determine whether they decide, are we going for it or are we selling? And, and so things change. So I, my guess is it's not the Rays waiting to make a move because most likely they're going to try to deal for players that they're going to have more control over longer term. 
especially if you're going to give up better prospects, it's waiting for the other teams to be ready to deal. It's a, it's a seller's market right now, so they can sit back and wait. I wonder if they think they're going to get some guys back too, because I think Jose De Leon is close, right? Is there anybody else? Mm-hmm. Well, Matt Duffy, and you know, if he actually makes it back, and and how he does sure. when he comes back up, you know, could determine a lot of things. I mean, we talked about whether G Man Choi is even going to be on this roster going forward. You know, if you know uh, Nate Lowe, who was the American League Player of the Week last week, is he going to be your first baseman? You know, yeah. I mean, some of these call ups, and in September, you know, you've got your whole farm system can come up and play as well. Mm-hmm. So you know. This is the last year for that. Next year, they're going to limit the September call-ups and how many players you can call up and such. But this year, you still can. So it can be all hands on deck come September, too. But in all indications, and Buster only talked about it on the Sunday night broadcast, he was tweeting about it on Monday night, that the Rays are are very interested in making, in, in, in his words, I, I, it may not be the exact word, but it was an impactful deal. It wasn't just a, you know, here's mm-hmm. a, a seventh, you know, your seventh inning bullpen arm. You know, and I don't know if he means pitchers or hitters, or maybe they're looking for both. But it looks it sounds like they're looking to try to make a splash. But it takes two to tango, and you've got to the team's got to be ready to trade them. And you know, with the sellers market right now, they may be just waiting, going, we're waiting for more bidders. You know, if the Rays, because here's the other part. You know, the Rays all of a sudden take three or four from the Yankees, and Boston wins a few more games, then they're back in the AL East hunt too, and they, they may be looking are. to make moves and things like that too. So. You know, mm-hmm. the next few weeks can, you know, based on how teams do, not only in the wild card, but, you know, for instance, in the American League East, Boston could jump back in this if they start winning and the Rays keep knocking the Yankees off. Well, I really think that Boston's going to get back in it regardless of what the Rays do in this series. I think they're too good of a baseball team not to, and, and there's a lot of lot of games left. I know, you know, after this series, the Rays, unfortunately for them, only have two more with the Yankees, and that comes very late, I think, in September so. Um, they really can't. They really can't cut into New York's lead, you know. And the Yankees are good enough to where you're not gonna you're not gonna come back from six or eight down necessarily. So, you know, this is the series that'll really probably determine whether they have a, a mm-hmm. shot at winning this this division. But well, it's what's, what's been impressive about the Yankees here. too, and, and the reason the Yankees are leading this division is if you looked at their division record, they're thirty oh, yeah, thirty one and eleven versus the East. They're crushing it, yeah. Yeah, where the Rays are twenty three and eighteen, Red Sox are twenty and nineteen, but the Yankees have a twenty. They're twenty games above five hundred against the AL East. The rest mm-hmm. of the the rest of baseball, they're let's see, one, four, six games above five hundred, right? Against the rest of baseball, but their division, they're twenty games over. That's sort of what the Red Sox did a year ago. They had a very mm-hmm. very good division record in the AL East, and you know you have to start there if you're if you're going to win, but. You know, by rights, I mean, you know, and we were talking about this, you know, before the heroics by uh, Darno, but the Yank- I mean, the Yankees are so much better than the Rays, you know, that, like I said, when you could make a deal, and I know the Rays were maybe in it for Encarnacion, but I mean, really, I mean, who is Travis Darno, right? He's a guy that had an unbelievable uh, game and, and maybe an unbelievable year for him. Um, but they, they can't really match up with the talent and the depth. I mean, look at that bullpen that the Yankees are able to throw at you, you know, and you're bringing in and nothing against Andrew Kittredge, who pitched pretty well, save for the giving up the bomb. Um, but, you know, you don't have somebody who's been there, done that. And that's, that's the biggest thing they're lacking is somebody with experience of, of nailing down those games. I mean, congratulations to Oliver Drake. You know, he gets the final out and, and uh, freezes Luke Voigt with a, with a 3-2 fastball. 
But, you know, it's his second career save. I mean, so what are you asking? I mean, how tragic would this have been if after all those heroics you then have no one that can finish the game and you wind up losing that game and the guy drives in five runs, including a two-out, three-two home run, uh, three-run bomb, you know, off Chapman. And, and it was it was still nail-biting time. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling sorry for Kevin Cash, and I know, you know, he's one of uh, 30 major league managers and he's happy to have – uh, be managing the Rays in his hometown and all that stuff, um, but he's so woefully unma- you know, overmatched as far as the roster goes, and just the ability to, you know, to attract any free agents. I mean, even if the money were the same, right? Um, and there was, you know, some talk that, uh, you know, it's been the same in, in other situations. Um, you know, who's coming to Tampa Bay versus Chicago and go pitching for the Cubs, or versus going to the Yankees and being put in the middle of the lineup as a DH? Um, you know, it, it's just not the same thing. And so, uh, you know, for the Rays to even be in this position is astounding. Um, to think that they can go and compete in the American League East like they have and be on top of the Red Sox right now. And what are they, like 15 games over 500? 16. As, as we, uh, 16. 16 now? I mean, 16 games over 500 at this point in the year for most teams would put you near or right at the top of the division. They have the sixth best record like, in baseball. Yeah, I mean, much like last year, you know, you had two teams win over 100 games in their division. Uh, they win 90 and don't get in. So, you know, it's, again, it's the American League East that's doing them in, not so much, you know, with the kind of ball club they have. I just think it's remarkable what the Rays have done. Um, I don't know how they I don't know how they stomach it sometimes having to go against these teams, um, but they're competitive as hell, and, and, and you know what? You never know. A, a moment like this, a game like this, um, sometimes you, you need these moments. You need sort of this, this magic, this, this pixie dust to kind of lift you up and carry you and, and, and make you believe that you can do things. And, you know, it'll be up to Charlie Morton and other guys the rest of the series to nail this down. Um, but, boy, what a, what a dramatic – this would have been a heartbreaker to lose. And now if you're the Yankees, not that you're doubting yourself, but it is three in a row – against New York because they won the final two games of the series going into the break. Mm-hmm. Um, now they now they win this one in dramatic fashion in the Bronx. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, belief is the biggest thing. You know, you just you have to believe you can go into Yankee Stadium and win, and they just haven't done that for so very long. So, you know, a performance like this, again, you know, if you win the, lose the next three, it's, it's not going to matter. It's just going to be a, a great individual night for, you know, for Travis Darnot. But then again, it could carry you. It really could carry you if you can make something of this series and maybe take three out of four, uh, have your organization believe and add some pieces to you. You just never know where this is going to go. But, you know, hats off to the Rays for even being in this thing. I mean, I, I watch these games, and, man, the Yankees are just so stacked right now. And they don't, they don't have Giancarlo Stanton. They just got Aaron Judge back a little while ago. Um, you know, but they just keep they just keep pumping in these great players and um, – you know, it's 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 an uphill battle for him, man. It really is in the American League East. It's just, you know, it'd be 16 games over 500 in this division. I mean, you know, that that's about as good as you could expect, I think. Absolutely. And then Tuesday, Ryan Stanek's going to be the opener, and Jalen Beeks will be called up to work the bulk of the innings for the game. And then you've got Yanni Chirinos on Wednesday, Charlie Morton Thursday to finish out the series. Well, Chirinos has been very, very good for them. I mean, I don't know where they'd be without having him. Um, able to start games, ever able to be the bulk inning guy, whatever they ask him to do. He's been pretty consistent pretty much all year. Um, you know, Yarbrough, uh, Yarbrough's been that way too. I think he's been very, very good. 
you know, you've got a guy like Brendan McKay that's been up and down, but uh, look what he's been able to do uh, in the couple of performances he's had on the mound. So, you know, they've been resourceful, and you've got this, you know, they, they've had to shuffle him back from, from Durham, um, you know, to make all this work. You know, and that's the other thing, man. It's just, you know, the depth of their organization, the prospects they have. I mean, the future is bright. There's no doubt if you could keep these guys together. Um, but it's still an uphill battle against the Yankees and the Red Sox. And I think the Red Sox will, will get back in it as well. But, man, for one night, for one night, if you're a Rays fan and you stayed up and, and paid the price, because I, I, I wonder about the people that after that home run when it was 4-2 to two, just said, I can't watch the ninth inning. You know, I mean, did anybody shut it off? I'm sure there were lots that did, based on not only the, the game, the history with the versus the Yankees, but also how late it was. I mean, this game ended was, up being yeah. nearly a four-hour game, like three forty sure. something. But sure, and we'll see how many newspapers we make in the Tampa Bay Times. I mean, you know, Mark Mark Topkin. This is this is sort of the uh, you know the, the gift that never you know that keeps giving. I mean, you know. You're up there, and, you, and you've got tight deadlines, and, and it's a little insider baseball. But, I mean, um, you know, you've already got a pretty good story going with Darno hitting two home runs, but then they can't hold on to it, and Carnacion hits two, and the, and the Rays are going to lose the way they always lose with a late bomb, unable to nail it down, another shaky bullpen performance. And then all of a sudden, history is made, right? The guy ties a franchise record for home runs and drives in five and goes three for three. Um, in New York where he used to play for the Mets. And so now it's become stream of consciousness writing, and uh, I can't wait to, wait to read uh, Mark Tompkin on TampaBay.com. I'm sure we'll talk to him here uh, next week sometime in the next few days. But, man, what a, what a game. This, this will be one of the more memorable games, I think, in Rays history, regardless of what happens going forward, certainly for an individual. Um, that, would, that was just an electric finish, man. Okay, so outstanding game to talk about. Really enjoyed that. Uh, the rest of the week, you got to be with us here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. We're going to have Matt Baker from the SEC football meetings in Hoover, Alabama, and he wants to talk about a bachelorette. Uh, don't ask me why. He's a big bachelorette fan, so we'll do that. Um, Bob Herrig we're going to have from ESPN. He's at the Open Championship in Ireland. That gets underway, of course, on Thursday, kind of a home course for uh, Roy McIlroy, and we'll see – uh, what Tiger Woods has been up to uh, since the U.S. Open, not very much as far as competitive golf goes. And then Tom Jones is going to be with us uh, on Friday, I believe, and then uh, we'll also have later this week uh, a mailbag segment. So get your questions ready. You can always do that uh, just by putting them on Twitter at SportsDayTB, or you can hit me up on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And remember, folks, it's hot out there. Your air conditioning might be going on the fritz. Um, you know, we've got the person for you. Uh, the company you want to hit up is our, our friends at uh, Millionaire. Howard and Sue Million have been doing this now for a long time in the Tampa Bay area. And right now, they're currently offering 0% interest on 72 months for qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100. You can take advantage of their offer um, right now for service and maintenance or a brand new quality train air conditioning unit. Call 727 862 2100 a day. Trust the masters of comfort, millionaire. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 